Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. Who knows that God loves to do new things? Every day is a new day. Every day we see, you know, freshness. We see things differently. And I just encourage us to open our hearts to Him today. Um, I've titled today's message, Contented in Christ. Um, As I alluded to before, we we live uh, in a time in history where self-preservation is king. And uh, living through a pandemic will do that. Uh, You know, where everyone is for themselves. And I think that we can all relate to wanting to go down to the local supermarket to buy some toilet paper. And arriving in the aisle where the toilet paper is usually, and not only is your brand not there, but there is just nothing there at all. And, uh, you know, we, we just see this tendency that people have to try to preserve themselves, try to save themselves, you know, look after number one. You know, it's all about self-preservation. It's all about looking after myself, my own interests, me, myself, I, in an effort for people to save themselves. But, of course, we know that we cannot save ourselves. The Bible tells us there's only one way that man can be saved, and that is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and he paved a way for man to be saved, and yet man will still try to preserve what little that he has, and and it's always a futile effort. And uh, definition of self-preservation is the instinct to act in your own best interest to protect yourself and ensure your survival. I can remember uh, a time... And, and, and this is just people in general. Uh, we were down in Sydney and uh, we went to the rocks and there was a nice little place that we thought we'd like to get lunch. And so I lined up to get lunch and, and the, the counter, was there was probably 30 centimetres between me and the counter. And I thought that would be sufficient to say that, hey, I'm at the head of the line now. I'd been patiently waiting. And uh, just from the left of my peripheral vision, uh, this nice little lady just shot in that gap. And to the point where I was pushed back. And uh, I remember looking back at Rochelle going, like, what, what, what just happened? You know, people can be so self-centered and so focused on self that we missed the object of what God had for us. God had for us something so much better in mind than for us just to be people that are so consumed with our own interests and consumed with our own self-worth that God had a plan and a purpose for mankind. And, um, you know, an example of self-preservation can be running away when you see a giant bear. Not that we have giant bears in Australia, but, you know, self-preservation can be really useful at times. You want to avoid danger. You can have the fight or flight response. I can recall a time in my life when I put my foot up on a log to step over a log and a red-bellied black snake shot straight up, neck flared like a cobra, and I'm like, whoa, and I ran. You know, there's times where self-preservation... is good for us. Uh, but if we focus too much on self, it can be very, very bad for us indeed. Uh, other good examples are how can I live longer, remain healthy, make plenty of money, live comfortably, gain a greater advantage, avoid trouble, and avoid unnecessary attention. You know, after all, who doesn't want some form of happiness and contentment in their life? I'm not here today to say that happiness and contentment is a bad thing, but where our focus is, is what needs to shift. Because I believe, I'm guilty of this at times, for placing too much of an emphasis and a focus in things that are temporary rather than things that will remain. 
And the Bible wants us to be people that focus on what is going to remain. In fact, the Bible says that, you know, we'd have fruit that would remain. And so that our main primary focus is not on the temporal things, is not on the things that are going to fade away, but it's on the things that are eternal. And Jesus Christ is our master as, as believers, as Christians, and God wants our focus to be on Him. Um, God's heart that, that is that we would find true contentment and happiness in Him. Uh, I love this quote by Martin Luther. He says, show me, a man, show me where a man spends his time and money, and I'll show you his God. Uh, you know, we can, it can be true of all of us. We can look at what we spend our time and our money on, and then we weigh up how much time or, or, or how much money we invest in the kingdom or how much time we spend in prayer with God. It's something that I'm, I'm constantly thinking about uh, at the end of my day. And I think, what did I do for God today? What did I do for you, Lord, today? How much time did I spend on social media today aimlessly scrolling um, when I could have actually been engaged in your word and reading your word? See, how does that ledger balance in my life at the end of the day? And sometimes it can be very telling and not in a good way because I've spent way too much time in, in activity that is just not beneficial for me. You know, I've been self-absorbed rather than allowing God just to fill my life and God to be Lord of my life. Uh, we, we all have a tendency to become a little, a little bit distracted at time, I believe. Um, and Rochelle will probably say amen right about now. Um, but I do. I have a tendency to become distracted. And uh, we were only watching a show the other night. I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Gruen Transfer, uh, which is a show on advertising. And, uh, and they were saying, uh, the host of the show was saying that, you know, that advertisers go to a great amount of trouble and detail to actually edit in distractions. And so you might be watching television and a commercial comes on and there'll be someone singing out a tune, for instance. Or there's some noise or sound that is edited into that track that's just disturbing in some way. You go, what? What was, what was that? And all of a sudden, your attention is taken away. And, and we can be like that in our life. We, we start out with good intentions. We want to focus on Jesus. We want to worship Jesus as King. And, and all of a sudden, some other distraction will come past. You know, uh, you, you might get a message on your phone. I better just check that. That might be someone that needs me or that, you know, that's, there's something else that happens. And we can have thoughts enter our mind when we enter into a place of prayer. Uh, and, and we can just find ourselves becoming distracted. And uh, one of the other things that I believe is, is a real uh, challenge for us uh, where, we, where we live now, but it's been something that's been with mankind for a long time, it is the fear of missing out. We don't want to miss out on anything. You know, there could be something better, something more shinier, something, you know, just around the corner. You know, you, you could be wanting to invest uh, your finances in something and you might be a person that says, no, well, I'll just wait because there could be something better. You know, there's a new model coming out next year. Uh, there's, there's something, you know, and, and, and we don't want to miss out on what is the latest and greatest thing. You know, the Bible says that if we seek first the kingdom of heaven, then he'll provide everything else that we need. And uh, it's something that we do well to remind ourselves in the days that we find ourselves living in is to seek God's kingdom first. Adam and Eve uh, were confronted by this same lure of FOMO, they call it, fear of missing out, uh, back in their day in the Garden of Eden. I just want to refer to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6 to 7. Um, I want you for a moment just to imagine a most beautiful place where, where there is nothing that is horrible there's nothing that is marred 
Everything is beautiful. Everything is pure. You know, everything is happy. There's great peace. There is great joy. There is great contentment in this place. See, Adam and Eve were, were in the garden, the Bible tells us, and they had absolutely everything that they could want for. God provided it all. And yet God imparted uh, this ability into mankind where we have free choice and we can choose what we'll choose to, uh, you know, accept or, or reject, so to speak. And the relationship that God wanted with man was one where we choose. We choose to come to Him. We choose to allow Him to be our all and, 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 and just be, find our sufficiency in Him. And um, we come to a place in the Scripture where, where the woman uh, was convinced that, that the fruit was good. And so we're going to read here. The woman was convinced she saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And so the fashion industry began. Some of you are listening this morning. Yep, it's good. You know, to be in a place where, where everything is perfect and God has provided absolutely everything we need and God wanting, you know, us to be, or Adam and Eve in this instance, just to be totally content in God and in the garden and everything that He created. And in a way, you know, Adam and Eve, there was such innocence around about their life. I believe that God must have almost clothed them in an innocence. Because as soon as, you know, they partook of that fruit, as soon as they had that fruit, all of a sudden they became ashamed. There was shame that came over their lives because they were naked. They, they were aware of their nakedness. They were aware of their vulnerability. And see, we are people that are very vulnerable, <laughs> We, we can be very vulnerable to things, but we're also people that like to cover things up as well. And so God's aware of how we are made up. And, and, and God doesn't want us to be people that just cover things up or try to work things out ourselves. Uh, you know, Adam and Eve hid themselves from God in an effort, you know, to, to, to remain in a place where they felt that they weren't exposed. But God is always wanting us to remove the shield and remove whatever's between us and him. God is willing to remove any barrier. You know, we go into the supermarket now and there's a Perspex shield. You're getting pretty used to Perspex shields these days. God wants to remove every barrier, every shield that stands between us and him. He doesn't want us to be people that walk in shame following our own way. You know, in actual effect, Adam and Eve, they were basically sold a dud. They, they came from a place of having complete innocence to utter shame and if we're not careful we can easily become convinced that something other than God's best for us is good and that's at the heart of of the, the story here I believe is that we can become convinced that something apart from Christ and worshiping Christ as Lord can be good for us and as believers if I was to say that to you go no 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 that's not true I, I believe Jesus Christ is Lord and I worship him as king but do you really do you find yourself being drawn aside? Do you find yourself being, you know, distracted by something else that's less than God's best for your life? I do. I find myself in, in situations and circumstances where I'm being lured away and I, I'm being enticed by something else that is less than God's best for me. 
And anything that is less than God's best for us is not of Him. God wants us to have His best. I believe that when we fail to remain within the boundaries that God has set for our lives, we find ourselves worshipping lesser things in place of God. And uh, boy, oh boy, as we see things in this world going in the direction that they're going at the moment, I'm just constantly reminded to keep Jesus number one. No matter what distractions are in my peripheral vision, no matter what I hear on the news, as concerning as it can be, no matter what I see people doing, Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, you are the King. You are the Lord of my life. Lord, I am consciously putting you first in my life right now. You know, we make a conscious decision to worship Jesus. We make a conscious decision to put him first. Matthew 6 and verse 33 in the Passion Translation reads this. It says, So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. See, why is it that we put the less important things before the important things? I don't know. I don't have the answer. It's a rhetorical question. But we tend to do that. We tend to put the less important things in, in place of the most important thing, which is God and Jesus and worship of Him. And I want to encourage us today. I want to encourage us to be people that choose to put Jesus first. Choose to, to, to look to Him. When you find yourself being distracted, when, when you're aimlessly rolling through your news feed, when you're looking at the news, whatever it is that you go to that place, you know, Ask yourself, am I putting Jesus first right now in my life? Am I allowing myself to be drawn aside, pulled away in some way from God's best for my life? Because I believe God has his best for us. You know, the enemy likes nothing more than to try to convince you to settle for less than God's best for your life. He did that with Adam and Eve, leaving you with nothing but shame and nakedness in and around about your life. And I find it fascinating, really, that the first thing that, that Adam and Eve were aware, of, were aware of was their shame and nakedness. Yet in our perver perverted society, we see that just so much exploited uh, through pornography. We see it exploited through Hollywood, through the movies, you know, people getting their kid off and, and making this, uh, you know, something less than what it is. You know, this original separation that took place in the shame, you know, the enemy always is about, you know, wanting to pervert things. And God is wanting to be about restoring people's lives, restoring people into relationship with Him. You know, bringing back true identity. You know, what was robbed, what was taken from us, reinstating into our lives again. Wanting us to be content in Him. Second Peter verse 1 and verse 3 says, uh, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself, by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need. What's the everything that God has given us? Himself. <laughs> God has given us himself. He's imparted Jesus into our lives. He's given us, you know, the, the antidote. He's given us you know, the, 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 the recipe, the key ingredient for our lives is Jesus Christ. And God's given us Christ that we could be restored and that we could really live the way he intended for us to live. A godly life. 
we, we receive it all by coming to know him. And God wants nothing more than us to find contentment in him alone and for Christ to become the center of all that we worship. You know, God doesn't like to share his glory. God doesn't like to share it with anyone. But he loves us so much that he, his grace is extended towards you and to me as well. But when we do find ourselves in those situations, God just gently reminds us, hey, son, daughter, would you look to me? Would you, would you come back to me? Would, would you allow me to be all that I want to be for you? Don't try to work it out yourself. Don't try to save yourself. It's futile. But just put me first. Put my kingdom first. Put my priorities in your life first. Allow me to lead you, allowed me to, to show you the way. And I believe that's what God's wanting for, for his children. He's wanting for us today is for us to be people that would just lay down our agendas, lay down, you know, our, our, our things that we try to do in a, in a futile effort and just say, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean on all that you have for me. I'm not going to look to some other tree that, that you know, uh, someone's offering something and, and they're saying this is going to be good for you. And God, I I'm, I'm just want you. I want all of you. I, I, I want to I live, Father, before you, Father, with a heart that is open and a heart, Lord God, that is uh, just positioned to receive your very best for me. And you see, as we, as we position ourselves in this place, then, then God comes and he gives everything that we need for living in this life. You know, God's called each one of us to be world changers. He's called us to be people that see the kingdom of God come powerfully to others that we live with. I want to finish today just by sharing uh, out of the book of Revelation, because interestingly enough, it actually talks about nakedness as well. And no, I'm not perverted today. Uh, I'm just picking up on what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about nakedness, and it's really interesting because it talks about it in Genesis, and then it also talks about it in Revelation. And in Re Revelation chapter 3, um, Jesus was talking to the seven churches, and he says this. He says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. You don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you'll be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. See, indifference is the thing that can really trap us at times. But I just believe when Jesus is speaking here in Revelation, he's giving us such a clear picture of God's heart and love towards us. God desires that we would come to him. God desires that we would put him first. God desires that, that, that we wouldn't look to ourselves or look to the things of this world, but we'd look to him. We wouldn't be indifferent. We wouldn't be distracted, but we'd trust in him. I just want to finish with three points. And uh, I believe these are, are just keys that we can apply to our lives that can help us to remain contented in Christ. When things come across our path, when crisis comes across your path, when, when, when lack comes across your path, 
Maybe when, even when abundance comes across your path and, and things are going so well, the first thing we need to remember is we need to be willing to trust Christ to lead the way. I believe, you know, at times when, when things get a little bit uncertain, we can become, you know, more reliant on ourselves, or we start to listen to what other people are saying or other people are doing. And you see, there might be elements of, of truth in what other people are saying. There may be even elements of truth that are being released through media outlets or whatever you're focused upon. But we need to be aligned to Christ. We need to, you know, know that He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. And, and allow ourselves not to be led by whatever other external forces are at work, but just to allow our lives to be led by His Spirit. He's imparted His Spirit into each one of our lives as believers. And God wants us to be people that trust in Christ to lead us the way. The Bible says that He's the Good Shepherd. And, uh, you know, Jesus is so qualified to lead us. So qualified to lead us. He's the Good Shepherd. And, and He knows His sheep. And we just need to, you know, remain focused on the Shepherd. So be willing to trust Christ to lead the way. Number two, remain confident in what Christ has promised. You know, God's Word holds great and precious promises to our lives. And we need to just remain confident that Christ is going to do what He says He will do. Lynn was sharing this morning about Jesus coming back again. And, and you know, all the disciples and, and the apostles, they were expectant for Jesus to come back in their lifetime. And there's something about being expectant, people. There's something about standing and, and waiting to receive from God. You know, uh, the best example that I can give is, is our little dog, Lily. If, if I could read her mind, I'm sure it is some, saying something like this, food, 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 food. There's always an opportunity and she's always waiting. Is this going to be an opportunity to come inside? Is it an opportunity to go for a walk? Is it an opportunity to get a treat? You know, and I just see, see her expectancy to receive. Occasionally, she will turn away. <laughs> when I haven't given her any attention. But in a flash like that, she'll return expectant. What do you got for me? Where are we going? What are we going to do? And uh, I just believe God wants us to be that expectant for Him too. Be confident to trust in Him. Be confident that God is going to do what He has promised to do. Number three, and I just want to invite the musicians to come. We need to keep seeking Christ and His kingdom first. If there is things that you are putting before God and He's best for your life, don't limit God's ability to touch you. Don't limit God's ability to make a real impact on your life so you can make an impact on other people. Hey, as we worship Jesus, we focus on others. And uh, let's pray this morning. Lord, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you have come. Lord, that we may have life and life in its fullness. And Lord, I just want to pray this morning, Father, Lord, would you just remind us again, Lord, just to be people that find our contentment in Christ. Lord, not in the things of this world, not in our knowledge, not in our wisdom, not in our, 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 our finances or our possessions, but Lord, in you. Jesus, come. Have your way in our hearts, Lord God. Shape us, mold us. As you are the potter, we are the clay. Lord, would you just come today and mold our lives. Shape us, Lord, to be like you, Jesus.